This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. This is going to be random thoughts number four. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have. All that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. So, unlike my last... Uh, episode this is going to be more of a uh, random thought because um, I'm just feeling a little more uh, matter of fact because This isn't so much a matter um, of trying to oh I don't know. This isn't so much a matter of uh, trying to wake people up but it's more along the lines of just give some people some food for thought. I'm going to try to stick with my core principle of not making this all about myself, but I do feel in this case a little bit of context is necessary. 
I have been what is known as an outlier since at least middle school. Now, when I was young and stupid, I took this fact um, more seriously than I should have. And so, I always tried to overcompensate by putting on a a hard persona. Now, the older I got, I was told, let's just say around the age of 11, somebody I knew said, you know, why do you care what people think? You know yourself you're the best. Just, you know, as long as you're not, you know, going against what you believe in, you know, don't, don't care what other people believe. And, you know, 11 years old, you're not mature enough to get the importance. But the older I got, the real, uh, the more I realized the, the, uh, wisdom in those words. And, uh, Unfortunately for me, and this, these two particular issues do kind of creep up, but I got to thank the, um, our Lord Jesus and our Blessed Mother that they don't come up much as they could, but in the past, I'd always gotten indicators that, you know, for whatever reasons, people really didn't understand where I was coming from, and they didn't respect me as a person. And it wasn't until that I got serious about my Catholicism that I realized that that's one of the keys to sanctity. And that's something that divine providence had been preparing me for. Because even though I recognized it before um, I got serious about my Catholicism, because when you're not living in the truth and practicing the truth, i.e. a spiritual life, uh, I still, there were times when I wanted to be understood, when I wanted to be respected. And this all came together to help me to understand over the past year that nobody truly understands me, but the Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother. Nobody cares about me but the Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother. And nobody respects me but Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Because the more I see the excesses of human nature and I've seen a lot of human nature in my time. Being 50 will do that to you. Um, at one time, I did hate my fellow humans till I realized that I had the same issues as they did. But the 
the reason why I didn't realize that I had those same issues was because um, I wasn't, I was self-aware, but I was not spiritually self-aware. And there is a difference whether you want to admit it or not. Once you begin the spiritual life, you'll come to understand that if, if you want a deeper uh, understanding of yourself as a person, you need to practice the spiritual life. And you know, my, my focus was pretty self-centered and selfish. Um, not that I, not that I didn't have my moments of generosity and, uh, concern for my fellow man. It just, once again, if you're not living spiritually, you're not going to be consistent. So if I was in a bad mood, I took it out on everybody. If I was in a good mood, I shared my, <laughs> what I thought was my joy. So, why am I telling you all this? Well, there's a very simple reason. I got to a point recently where I realized that I'm talking to people who only hear, who only want to hear what they want to hear. They're not serious. They want to be entertained. And um, you know, my my trying to be understood, because I never really expected to be respected, given the nature of society how it is, but understood. I'll never be understood by my fellow creatures. And Given the nature of my circumstances where I live, as I never get tired of saying, my priest is literally a circuit priest. He's doing four to five churches in a week. And it, well, I think the four to five include his home church. That man is literally busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. He doesn't have time to get to know me as a person. And that's fine. And... As far as my fellow uh, Catholics that I worship with go, um, they, they're raising families. They're raising families. They've got their own issues going on. And honestly, between going to work and doing what I do, I don't have a lot of time even if I wanted to visit them. So... I don't expect them to, to understand me. So, the reason I'm telling you all this is, if you only hear what you want to hear, if you uh, take, you know, take what should be the most deadly serious thing, your, you know, eternity. And I want to throw this out there before I forget. This, this phrase came to me like a week or so ago. And that is, I was thinking to myself, nothing lasts forever except for eternity. And like I said, if you don't get what that means... Either you're going to catch up or you're not. I'm not going to try to explain it to you. But um, if, you're, if you're not taking eternity seriously, if you're not taking seriously the fact that a spiritual life and the right religion are your keys to getting into heaven, um... I, uh, it's a matter 
of concern, but I'm not going to, all I can do is pray for my audience, well, humanity in general. That's all I can do. But I'm not, you know, um, I, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to indulge anyone anymore. I'm just not. It's a waste of my time. It's becoming more and more apparent. It's a waste of my time. I'm going to, as I said in an early episode, I'm going to continue doing what I do. And I only want people, you know, communicating with me who feel the same way I do. Now, we're all individuals. I don't expect to agree with me. But... I, what I do expect is for them to take this seriously. And I'm more than happy. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not... <sighs> let's, let's get two things straight. Number one, um, I am not a, a saint or a spiritual director or religious of any sort. So I really have no business giving spiritual um, guidance. And I wouldn't want to anyway. That's going to bleed over into my second part. But for the first part, um, if you have access to a spiritual advisor, my advice would be, take it for what it's worth, use that priest or monk is as much as you can in the upcoming days because there may come a time when you may be cut off. And along, along those lines, I will be more than happy to tell people what has worked for me, you know, um, in the sacramental area or the uh, particular books I've read that have helped me. And I will do this with the disclaimer that we, you know, this is part of being consistent that just because it works for me, you're a different individual and it may not work for you, but that does not mean that if you try it, if I if you come to me and ask me, well, what is your advice, or you know, what what would you say? And I tell you something, and you say it doesn't work for you. That you get to just blow it off and say, well, he was wrong, so therefore, you know, the whole thing is wrong. Father Bernard Utley, in his series of spiritual life, says that every individual should find a spiritual program that works for them. And as they grow deeper in the spiritual life, if they're getting as close to Jesus and the Blessed Mother as they should, they will help lead and guide them to the truth. Now along the lines of the second part, if you do not have access, and I suspect with some new set of Acontis, this may actually be the case. If you do not have access to a circuit priest, if you do not have access to a spiritual advisor, I, I'm, I'm going to remain consistent. This is God's divine providence. The slower and more ignorant of the set of people who call themselves set of are either taking this aspect for granted if, if they have access or they're placing too much emphasis upon it. If, if you want the things that I've talked to, talked about, I'm sorry, summed up in a nutshell, that's the nutshell. They either take it, uh, they call themselves they either take what they have for granted or they uh, um, 
Oh, I forgot the second part. <laughs> um, oh, they place too much... Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. Thank you. They either place too much emphasis on it. It does not matter. It does not matter. Okay? Whether you have access right now or not, it literally does not matter. My firm belief is, is that this is God's divine providence of preparing the remnant of his true Catholic Church for being without. There is a reason I compared the Sedevacantist movement to the first early Catholics. And that is because at that time there were no institutional there were no institutions to give those Catholics what they needed. There were only individual priests and bishops you know running their little diocese who could do these things. So, but there, but there is a time, and it doesn't matter. Once again, everybody gets hung up on, well, such and such, it might happen 50 years from the time. The timeline does not matter. We as Catholics, true Catholics, are called to prepare ourselves as if it could happen tomorrow. It could literally happen tomorrow. And if you're rationalizing any other thought process, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. Just like you could die tomorrow. Now I know if you're in your 20s or 30s, oh, I'll live to be 80. I can't speak for anyone else. That was my attitude when I was in my 20s and 30s. So, um, if you are without access, and even if you are if you do have access to a priest and the sacraments, this is my advice. You take it for what you want, for what it's worth. You should do a daily examination of conscience. Period. And you should do a confession to God. Oh, that sounds Protestant-y. Uh, the, the, the major difference between what I'm suggesting and what they're suggesting is, is they deny the truth of the Catholic Church. I don't. I'm saying, it's a very practical question because practicality is who I'm about. What do you do when there's no priest to confess to? What do you do? What do you do when there's no priest? And those people who are all hung up on the externals are going to find out real fast what they do. They're either going to collapse or they're going to learn the wisdom and what I'm trying to tell you guys. And the third thing I'm going to suggest is an act of spiritual communion. Me personally, this is just me. The re I, I do the confession first because just like you don't take the actual Eucharist with mortal sin on your soul, if you have the intention, if you confess to our Lord, your mortal sins that you may have committed in the course of whatever, that as long as you have the intention 
of confessing your mortal sins and your venial sins, that's also important, to a, to a, a real priest when you get the chance, that will suffice. But we are to treat, or I'm sorry, I'll speak for myself. I treat spiritual communion like I would real communion. And this, this is the key. Because everyone, I think a lot of people get the impression when I say, you know, confess, confess your sins to our Lord. If you do not have access to a priest, oh, that's Protestant. No, the Protestants deny true Catholicism. <laughs> Ironically enough, in a lot of cases, they also uh, despise fake Catholicism, even though the fake Catholicism is closer to them than we are. But anyhow, Father Utley talks about this in his Spiritual Life podcast. That as long as you have the intention on confessing your sins, when you have access to a real priest, God understands. And He does. You know. So, if you're all hung up on the externals, you're only hamstringing yourself. You're giving yourself extra worry that you don't need to give yourself, give to yourself. Um, if you have a way of getting your sacramentals blessed, do it. But if you don't, use the sacramental. It's the intention that counts, not the, not the fact that it hasn't been blessed by a real priest. Oh, by the way, don't use the Vatican II priest. I'm saying... If you can get it blessed by a real priest, do it. If you can't, just use the sacramental and don't worry about it. Like the confession, if you if you have a chance, you know, get it blessed when you have the chance. If that never comes, it never comes. That's why I stress divine providence. And that's another thing too. If you have not given a serious study into the divine providence and how it actually works, I'm going to tell you right now, unless you do that, once again, you're adding more headaches to yourself than you understand. Once you get a, a, a better understanding of how divine providence works, it takes a load off your mind. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience. But people hear what they want to hear. Um, but that is what I suggest. And by the way, tying this all into divine providence, even before Vatican II, and actually after especially after Vatican II, the spiritual communion, this, this examination of conscience and the confessing to Jesus with the right intention of confessing to a priest when you a real priest when you got to him, was around way before Vatican II even happened. For Catholics for for whatever reason were cut off from the true Catholic Church. Believe me. Being cut off from the real Catholic Church didn't happen, just happen, after Vatican II. It happened long before Vatican II. But um, to get back to, to what I was trying to explain to people is... Um, you should be living every day as if you could die. You should be living every day as if the apocalypse slash great reset could happen at any time. Because they could. To have any other attitude is presumption. Presumption and delusion. And 
I'm never going to get tired of saying this. <sighs> Unless you take this seriously, you're going to be caught with your pants down. And I guarantee you, you're not going to like it. And the key to the spiritual life is divine providence. It's literally the foundation of the spiritual life. If, if you try to practice the spiritual life without understanding divine providence, God may grant you a singular grace to get there about divine providence, but He may not. And if He does not, then you're going to run... You're, one of two things, the only way I can see it happening is one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to lose your faith or... When, when crunch time comes, you're going to bend like a reed in the wind. You're going to fold like a deck chair. So, you take it for what it's worth. And, honestly speaking, for myself, I always say I do the best I have, or I'm sorry, I do the best I can with what I've been giving. I'm not in the habit of speaking in hyperbole, and I'm definitely not in the habit of saying things that aren't true. That is my attitude. I do the best I have, or I'm sorry, I do the best I can with what I have. And that's all God expects of us. You know, not everybody is called to be a saint, but that does not mean we're not expected to try. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I first started getting serious about this, I, I had read enough about the saints to know that being, attempting to be a saint... It's the hardest thing that you're ever going to, if you're serious, I'm going to make that caveat. you got to be serious about what you're doing. Just like being a Catholic, true Catholic. you got to be serious. So, I knew, I reached back into my Vatican II teachings, and yes, the, at least the priest that taught me, taught me, that we're to strive to be um, saints. And I knew that this was going to be the toughest thing I'd ever put on myself or attempted. However, I did, I left my, myself open to our Lord. And my attitude was, if this is your will, you know, it's your will. But even if it's not his will that I become a saint, then I still have to make the attempt. You know, so, and while we're on this subject, a lot of people get the, the concept of martyrdom twisted. There's physical martyrdom. There's literal physical martyrdom where you die for the faith. However, there's also spiritual martyrdom. And all spiritual martyrdom means is, is you're attempting to be a saint. You're striving to piety and devotion. And that means literally dying to the things that you like that are lawful and honestly speaking well sorry from my own perspective to me being a martyr spiritually is a much is a much more difficult kind of martyrdom 
Because your journey on earth does not end until God takes you out of this place. And nobody knows when their end will come. I've read some stories of some saints who God gave them a singular grace and told them that the time that they would die, the time and the date. But once again, we cannot assume we will be granted that. So, we should take nothing for granted. We should take nothing for granted and we should never presume. And we should never, never, never get complacent. Never. You know, but once again, people only want to hear what they want to hear. You know, when things get too real, you know, everybody either freaks out or shuts down. Instead of facing it head on. That's part of fortitude. Is facing uncomfortable things head on. Whatever the cost may be. Um, uh, wow, kind of lost track. <laughs> um... Part of my attitude too, especially over the past, I want to say, eight months is, I absolutely refuse to give this world, and by extension, its pagan culture and society and the people that inhabit it, it is, it is my intention that I will give them nothing. Nothing. No explanations. Uh, no explanations, no expecting of being understood or being respected. Because if you are living your true Catholic life the way you should be, number one, if, if your neighbors and your friends are talking you up, your first reaction is going to be, I'm saying if you're doing this right, is, no, 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 I don't want to hear all that. I don't want to hear all that. That, you know, you, I appreciate the compliment. That's, you know, I don't want to hear it. Um, and, and, and you're not going to care. You know, they could, they could praise you up and down and say that you should be the next king of whatever. And you're going to say, no, I don't care about this. The second thing you're going to do uh, that is probably going to happen is, is you're not going to expect it. And you're not, you know, if you're, you're not going to be treated that way and it's not going to offend you or bother you. And you're not going to worry about it. I find it kind of depressing that I even have to remind people who consider themselves true Catholics of this fact. Our life is brief here compared to eternity. And if you're married and you have a, you know, even your extended family. I mean, obviously you have to love them back and you have to, to a certain degree, care about what they think, especially your parents and your wife. But if they're doing something that goes against true Catholicism, you should have no problem at all and... Uh, either cutting them off or telling them that they're wrong. Like I said, we're all individuals. Each person's got to find their own way. 
But um, at the end of the day, you have to understand that um, part part of uh, the the true Catholic Church has an expression of carrying your cross. Now, anybody who's seen the movie The Passion knows what that entails. Which you you know. Now, for you, you know, literal-minded people, I'm not saying you should get whipped five thousand times and carry a cross up 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 a mountain and get crucified. I'm saying, part of carrying our cross, if we are taking our religion seriously, is doing things that we either find distasteful. Or that we don't want to do. For the sake of those. Not just the ones that we love too. That's why Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount said. Um, somebody asked him. Well who's my neighbor? And he said. Um, Everyone is your neighbor. And I'm paraphrasing obviously. But that, that's true. And that comes down to the realization. It literally comes down to the realization that at one point, and I don't care if you were born in a set of a contest household, quite frankly, there was a point where you were at enmity with God. You were his enemy. And he still gave you the singular grace of getting into his one true religion. Part of loving your neighbor is loving the most. The person that gives you the most heartache in your life or annoys you. And either praying for that person or doing things for them that will help them get into the right position. And as for myself, it I know I'm not supposed to have this attitude because it's part of being a true Catholic, but if I have any recriminations against myself, my recrimination is this that it took me this long to realize number one how much God's divine providence was preparing me for whatever it is if I'm following his will um, whatever that end may be and my lack of gratitude for the graces I've been given. So. Some may, some people may think that. This is overcompensation. And what I would tell these people is. Is that. If it's overcompensation. Then what Mary Magdalene did. When she poured the perfume over Jesus' head and bathed his feet with her tears and wiped them up with her hair is overcompensation. Because honestly speaking, in, in, from my perspective, there's no overcompensation, period, in my attitude. There really isn't. I'm well aware that Nothing I do on this earth can ever compensate our Lord and His Blessed Mother. But that's not going to keep me from doing the best I can while I'm down here to um, at the very bare minimum at least attempt to uh, show my love and gratitude 
and ask for better love and gratitude. And for you Protestants out there who think that, you know, your your massive sins are covered up by God, uh, Jesus's um, sacrifice on the cross. Once again, I'm going to tell you that's why your cross is naked. Because if you had the corpus on your cross, you'd realize that you've been purchased at a very great price and you are no longer your own. You're no longer a free agent. You're his. And that lied Luther told you, and I don't care. Oh, I'm not Lutheran. If you're a Protestant, you're, you're practicing his theology that you know, your, your, your sins are covered up by his sacrifice on Calvary. Think about the following quote from the book of James I'm going to give you. Faith without works is dead. That's it. You know, if you're one of these Protestant autists, Bible alone, well, that's in the, the Protestant Bible. And I've been a former Protestant. I've been a former Vatican too. I'm familiar with both. And, you know, the, the reason I'm no longer a Protestant is Protestantism as a theology makes no sense. It's literally your theology is what you want it to be or is what you say it is. Last time I checked in my Christianity, um, we don't call the shots. God does. So if you think you're your own, you know, free agent, that you get to dictate terms to God, and, and you can you can rationalize what I just said all you want to. At the end of the day, that's all it is, is a rationalization. You want to do things your way. And it's the same thing with you Vatican II sect and you Neotrad LARPers. And for that matter, it especially applies to you Sedvacantists who think that doing the bare minimum is enough to get into God. And I wanna, I wanna, I want you guys to think. I'm talking about the people who consider themselves subconscious. I want you to think on this. Do you think that you're so damn special that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice? His mother paid the ultimate sacrifice. Because here's something, and I owe this to Father Bernard Utley that I was listening to last night. Every time you commit a sin, whether venial or mortal, any time you excuse a Protestant or Vatican II sect member, you're causing them pain right now. Right now. So do you really think that you're so special that you can do the bare minimum for the pain that you've caused them? The pain that you're causing them right now now and before I get accused of this I'm including myself in this as well that's why I can I can I can't treat this any other way but deadly seriously because every time you you do something that you shouldn't do you're causing the blessed mother and our Lord pain and yet there are some set of conscious who think that they can get by doing the bare minimum. But yet they'll 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 chortle at the Protestants, they'll chortle at the Vatican II sect members, and they'll sit and make fun of them and make memes about them, and they're really not living any better than those guys. And what makes it worse on their end, they've been given a singular grace and they don't even, they're either unaware of it or they don't, they don't think about the, the singular grace they've been given. For myself, 
I am too sinful of a man to take anything that our Lord and his blessed mother gives me to take it for granted. And there's also another attitude, and it's mainly amongst the Protestants, although there are a certain segment of um, um, Jansenist uh, Catholics out there who think that Jesus makes souls expressly for hell and that somehow or another that you making a decision to get serious about our Lord and His Blessed Mother is some sort of gamble. You really need to think if if you're if you're living under delusion that and by the way I am not I am not being critical here I promise you I'm trying to get you out of this delusion cuz that's what it is a delusion God does not make people for uh for hell expressly for hell Everyone is is made for heaven but very few people take the grace. Very few people take the grace. Um, as for myself, when I was younger and ignorant, I thought that God hated me because of the way my life had turned out. And it wasn't until... I got into the right church that I realized everything that had happened to me up until present moment is preparing me for something that if I'm totally, if my will is in totally in sync with our Lord and His Blessed Mother's, um, that everything that I've been through is meant for that moment. And while I'm at this, there's a spiritual saying saying that says, and it actually, I believe it says it in the Old Testament, God chastises those who lo he loves. Because you got to take the good with the bad. For every race that you get, for every extra child that's born to you, if you're married, um, for every blessing that God gives you, there's going to be a trial, a death in the family, maybe getting fired, maybe, maybe even reaching the bank of uh, the, uh, the brink of bankruptcy, but it would be utter folly. You take it for what it's worth to, to write it all off and say, well, God hates me. That is why having the proper religion counts. If you don't have the proper religion, you cannot understand these things by its very nature. You just can't. And you won't. I'm hoping my uncle, God rest his soul, who's a Calvinist, that God grants grants him a grace. Um, as near as I can tell, my uncle was, you know, very faithful. And that includes all the Protestants in my life. They, they, they seem to be very pious, well, in their own way, pious and devout people. But they were wrong. And in their stubbornness, they refused to open their mind to the possibility that they were wrong. Don't make the same mistake. I humbly beg and beseech you, don't make that same mistake. And in closing, you said of a contest who are smug, complacent, and self-righteous, it's time to get your head in the game. 
If you're being completely honest with yourself, you know absolutely darn good and well you're half-assing it. And yes, I cursed for a reason. You're half-assing it. Our Lord and Savior and His Blessed Mother has done so much for you. And you, you want to half-ass it. And you think you're entitled to heaven. If you think you're entitled to heaven, you're living under the greatest delusion that ever existed. Not to mention presumption. And that goes especially for the people who were brought up in this religion. Whose parents are actually said of a contest. If they have not given you the necessary teaching that this is a grace from God to be brought up in that religion, it's a grace and it's an honor that you don't deserve. It's not an accident. You may not like this. It's very true. They're going to have to answer before our Lord Jesus. Everything good and bad, everything good and bad is meant for our salvation, is meant to help us get into heaven. And to take any of it to, to, to take the bad as somehow thinking that somehow God hates you or taking all the good and somehow thinking that you're entitled to it. The one thing I keep having to remind myself and my spiritual journey is we are dust. Or I'll, I'm sorry, I'll speak for myself. I am dust. Dust doesn't have a say. Dust doesn't have a say. Dust only does what the Creator wants him to do or her. That's it. No rights, no privileges. We have a Creator and we do what they want, what He wants us to do. And by extension, His Blessed Mother. Because without our Blessed Mother, then we would not be where we were where we are at so that's it i i hope and pray that you guys get something out of this not just this episode in particular all of them you know my 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 podcast is like God's specific plan. It's not meant to be enjoyable. It's not meant to be pleasant. It's meant to get you off your butt, your dead butt, and to do something. To get serious. And you take it for what it's worth. I do care about you guys. I wouldn't be doing this otherwise. I pray for everyone. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.